This is an SBS radio podcast. Settlement Guide. Information, issues and stories about living in Australia. A report has found that one in four permanent skilled migrants in Australia are working in jobs below their skill level, costing them and the economy hundreds of millions in foregone wages every year. In this segment, we look at some practical ways for new migrants to find employment that matches their skills and experience. Mazin, a 41-year-old refugee, arrived in Australia with his wife and two daughters three years ago. He was an electrical engineer in Duhok in northern Iraq. But when ISIS occupied the area, he fled to Lebanon with his family. Three years since arriving in Australia, Mazin is still looking for a job in his field. I've worked as an electrical engineer for nine years in uh, Duhok City, and I am trying to look and to find job. But uh, unfortunately, I have applied many times to work in many places by websites like Seek and Indeed, but I didn't get a chance. Mazin says a lack of local work experience and language difficulties were the biggest hurdles for him and his wife, who has also been looking for work as a school teacher. They always ask that the applicant have local experience, and for us, our experience are from other countries. Another reason why we are not employed is that our language must be at a highest level, and this is also a big barrier. According to a March 2021 report by the Committee for Economic Development of Australia, one in four permanent skilled migrants in the country are overqualified for their current jobs. The report found that this mismatch between skills and jobs cost migrant workers at least $1.25 billion in foregone wages between 2013 and 2018. David Forbes is a Senior Employment Operations Coordinator at Settlement Services International, an organisation that helps refugee and migrant communities settle in Australia. He says it's crucial for newly arrived skilled migrants to know what the pathway to employment looks like in their case. I think a lot of people have this misconception that getting employment is as simple as, you know, getting the education or getting the qualification and then the job naturally comes. And that's just not the case, not for skilled migrants and, and not for Australians either. And I think the, the difficult part with skilled migrants is that they have no idea what these pathways to employment are. And when you go to skilled jobs in particular, which are a lot more complex, a lot more niche, and uh, the recruitment process around them are a lot longer and a lot more difficult, and there's a lot more chances for them to stumble up in, in that process. So. I think identifying what that pathway is is really crucial and then that can sort of add that certainty to, okay, this is what I need to do next and this is how I can sort of achieve my employment goals. Fred Malloy is a registered migration agent and the managing director of The Connecting Group. Besides helping people with their visa applications and finding a suitable job once in Australia, Connecting is also a recruitment agency that helps employers find skills they can't access locally. Mr Malloy says it's important for migrants to find out if they need to obtain a relevant occupation-specific licensing or registration. Quite often there's occupation-specific licensing or registration or even tickets that they may need to obtain. So white cards, blue cards for construction trade or working at heights or if they're working with children, they'll be working with children's certificates. It all sort of depends on specifically on, on the occupation. There may also be some gap training that they need to do to obtain licensing, like electricians or plumbers, those kind of trades. Nadina Benvenisti is a CV writer, career coach and recruitment specialist at NB Career Consulting. 
She helps job seekers find the right job and works with employers to help them find the right match. She says one reason why job applicants keep getting rejected is that they're not using the right terminology on their CV. Another recommendation is to do a lot of market research. So doing searches for job adverts online and looking at the way that recruiters are communicating these jobs and the words and the phrases that they are using in these adverts and make sure that the similar language is used when preparing the CV so that the CV is Australianized, it's using the keywords that are relevant again to the Australian market. Ms Benvenisti says it's also important to be very targeted in the jobs that one applies for. One of the things that happens is when people are struggling to get a job, they will start to apply for any job they see advertised that might fall into their category. But this can actually be very detrimental because if a recruiter keeps receiving somebody's CV for a job that they're not suitable for, then they feel that that person's wasting their time and not reading the job adverts. So they'll stop reading their CV. So make sure that they are reading what the recruiter is looking for in terms of experience for that job. According to Mr Malloy, sometimes a new migrant may need to take a step back initially and then work their way up while they get used to local systems, industry standards and work culture. Often as well, if they're constantly rejected, they need to reassess whether they're willing to take a step down to be able to get into the industry, get into a company and then work their way back to the height of the position they were while they were overseas. And as I mentioned on licensing, sometimes they come here with a permanent residency visa but don't have the license to work within their specific occupation or trade. So they may get a job as a trades assistant. If it's an electrician, for example, gain experience assisting electricians here understand the differences between the electrical systems here versus overseas. It may also be a good idea to get a local position in a related field and use that as a stepping stone, says Mr Malloy. Sometimes language and communication need to improve to be in a client-facing role, he added. Career coach Nadina Benvenisti says it's important for job applicants to have conversations with recruiters rather than just apply for jobs online. Another tip is to do lots of networking. So LinkedIn is a good tool to connect with business leaders. So connecting with people that employ people with the skill set that the migrant has and looking for job opportunities using LinkedIn. If there are phone numbers on job adverts, ringing up the recruiters and having a chat to them, building relationships, finding out where their skills are best fitted on the market. So rather than just applying for jobs, having conversations with people. Abby Josie works as a construction project manager and development manager. She worked in India and in Saudi Arabia as an architect and design manager for 16 years and handled different roles, including development and project management. She arrived in Australia in February 2020 and got a job in June. Ms Josie says once she found a career consultant, it only took her six weeks to find a job. She reworked on my CV, she reworded it completely and she said people don't manually sit and read it anymore, it goes through a computer system. So you need to have those catchwords. So she kind of tutored me on that. Terminology is used but very different. We call it as a more of a feasibility study and a pre-construction study, whereas here it's called a business case. So when I had to explain what I had done, she said, you know what, this is what it is called here. You've called it a different term. You've done these, but just that what you call it is very different. David Forbes from Settlement Services International says once skilled migrants find the right job, they have much to offer to Australian organisations. 
And we've actually found that even though how we work here is slightly differently, but because they have that overseas experience, they've got new ways of solving traditional problems. And we found that that civil company thought that these guys were absolutely fantastic. They were really, really happy with the work they're performing and they were so grateful to be there that they were just model employees. From there, they were sort of opening up and like, okay, that was the engineers. Well, what else do you have? This was an SBS radio podcast. For more Settlement Guide stories, visit sbs.com.au slash radio.